0: The Podcaster Matrix is a system, listener. One that's based on experience, skill sets, and you. There are other hosts, but what I'm telling you is that when it's time to dodge the billing bullets for hosting your entire podcast library online, you won't need to. Plug into the real world podcast hosting solution now at podcastermatrix.com. That's podcastermatrix.com.
1: When you hear the words, Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition, episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast, from Two Guys Talking Horror.
2: The demands of prison are ones that only those who have been inside those walls can truly comprehend. Regardless of whether you were wrongly put there for, say, murdering your wife, or for robbing a bank, prison is the ultimate bellwether for those that enter those tall walls and not-so-pearly gates. Inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, we meet Railsback, A man convicted of many things, including an armed robbery that netted the thieves that escaped $17 million. The story that unfolds, that involves a World War II Japanese kamikaze bomber jacket, is one that will leave you as cold as any prison cell. It's time for the Curious Goods Podcast a retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 2, Episode 25, The Prisoner. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts.
0: And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, you're the host.
2: Next, some super quick housekeeping. Larry Lawton. We're going to be talking a lot about prison and inmates inside of this episode, but there's someone I wanted to turn all of you on to. His name is Larry Lawton, and for those of you that don't know Larry Lawton, Larry Lawton is not only an incredibly prolific jewel robber, but he is also a man that now has a huge YouTube following. The reason I know anything about him is because he has been granted special status as an official... Lake St. Louis police officer for the efforts and benefit that he's provided via a number of youth programs and efforts he's launched since leaving prison after his 12 year stint. Anything that we'll talk about inside a prison that you'll see inside this episode and more is something that he's talked about either in his book called gangster redemption, how America's most notorious jewel robber got rich and caught and got his life back on track. He has an entire series of YouTube videos that chronicle each of the chapters in that book. Uh, to be honest, those first videos kind of suck because he was getting his, his legs on. <laughs> right. Uh, but the, the rest of them are very engaging. And w- what I love about Larry is that not only is he recognized by an entity that I have a lot of respect for, but he's incredibly straightforward. He shares everything that he knows and had experienced about prison over the course of 12 years. And he did a variety of stints in some of the hardest prisons we have here inside of America. So, again, I encourage you to go look at Larry Lawton's link. We'll have it inside the show notes for this episode. Or you can find out more about the reality check services that he offers to wayward youth over at Lawton911.com. The Tear Talk Podcast. We're going to be talking a lot about prison and I think a skewed prison because I think they've extracted a couple of Canadian prison normalcies inside of this episode that we'll venture into during a couple of bullet points. But the Tear Talk podcast is exactly what it sounds like. It is a podcast focused specifically on the goings on inside of prison, but from the correctional officer's facility perspective. We'll have a link to Tear Talk as well. Our friend Officer Tommy from the Free Field Training Podcast has appeared on that program several times. So again, it's the Tear Talk Podcast, which you can find over on YouTube. We'll have a link inside the show notes for this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast inside the show notes. That's enough of housekeeping inside this episode. Some really great information there, but even better information here as we get to the retail of this episode, Season 2, Episode 25,
0: THE PRISONER
2: It was 1975, and a heist is underway. The four robbers, three men and a lady, are jacking incredibly light bags of money. The cops arrive. A gunfight ensues. They jump in a getaway car and leave a man behind. The lone man, his name is Railsback, springs away, but is shot in the leg. You know, like all cops do and he's taken into custody. Snap Pan to prison. 20 years is the sentence, and during a visit with Jane, you know, the lady thief from the four in the robbery that was with him that night, she shares that they'll hold on to his share of the money because that's what honorable thieves do, right? The money's located in a storage facility that only Railsback can get to. You see, that's how all this works because there's honor amongst criminals. We all know that's not the case, but Railsback doesn't need to know that right now. The fact is that none of them can spend any of the money right now because it's ding ding ding, all marked bills. For Railsback, it's time for 20 years. For her, it's time to hang up the phone, walk across the room to one of her other robbery accomplices and plan to enjoy the future. 10 years later, prison ain't fun. It's the late eighties. Filled with bars, convicts, and late 80s music. There's prisoners of every kind inside this prison. Amazing. One of the cons takes a puff of his cigarette and moves in on another man that's wronged him. And now it's time for shivs. But not here, says a con with a Red Sox cap. His name is Arkwright. Back in Railsback's cell, a young man arrives with a jacket and asks Railsback, because he's a studious inmate, if he can help him with some legal woes he's having. He'll pay him with this super kick-ass Japanese bomber jacket he's got. It's leather. It's got cool patches. It's a cool jacket. It's a bomber jacket. And it's Japanese. It's from World War II. And it's super important to the story. Railsback tries on the jacket for fit and, ooh, snug as a bug in his cell. Railsback casually walks out of his cell and he witnesses a Shiv stabbing. The man who's been stabbed shuffles over to Railsback and clutches at the Japanese bomber jacket that Railsback is wearing and gets blood all over the recently acquired jacket. As the man dies, Railsback walks away. As he arrives back to his cell, he begins to fade. He's now invisible!
0: Alright, that's a pretty cool cursed power.
2: Railsback decides to test the new gift he's been given. He leaves and closes the door to his cell and walks right by everyone including the guards the inmates the cleaning staff and out the door of the prison down the stairs to freedom later inside a nearby storage facility guarded by johnny ventura's father vince johnny ventura arrived to see his father who shares that his friend russo recently died of a heart attack it's time for memories it's made him start thinking about working and Johnny's mom. And you did a great job erasing me. No one messes with Vince Ventura's son. Johnny leaves, but then wrestling from another room in the facility somewhere. Johnny's father heads off to investigate, pistol and flashlight in hand. Inside the storage facility, he hears a voice.
0: Where the hell is it? Searching for something. You know, good red bastards lied to me. It's nothing but crap. It's just, it's just junk.
2: Inside the sword room, Johnny sees boxes moving, but on their own. And he hears a voice.
0: What are you looking at, huh?
2: Johnny witnesses his father fighting with a man that isn't there. In the milieu, Johnny is struck and knocked unconscious. Ugh, And eventually, Johnny's dad's service revolver ends up being pointed at Johnny's father. And rails back fires, killing Johnny's father. Railsback puts the gun into Johnny's unconscious hand, and Johnny awakens to find his dead father, and... No! Later inside the local jail, Mickey is trying to find out more information from Johnny, who is now behind bars. She's trying to find out what happened. I'll get you out as soon as possible. I promise. Inside the Curious Goods shop, our daring trio are talking about what happened and how any court and jurors will not understand or believe events that involve the occult.
0: No shit.
2: Back inside the prison housing rails back, three new prisoners are arriving to C-Block. One of them looks familiar. It's Johnny! Johnny arrives to catcalls and piercing stares from eyes aplenty. It's not going to be a good time for Johnny! Johnny arrives at his cell, and hey, it's Arkwright, the gent with the Boston Red Sox cap. He's Johnny's new cellmate. Railsback, now back inside the prison and visible, is in another room, chatting up his lawyer and begins collecting the information his lawyer started tracking down for his former accomplices. You know, the ones from the $17 million score. Railsback wants his piece. The lawyer starts with an address of one of the other thieves' current locations. After leaving his lawyer, Railsback visits with his young friend that originally gave him the gift of the Japanese bomber jacket. And here's a shiv! (gasps) And a tall flight off of floor number three, thereby powering up the jacket again to make Railsback invisible once more. Outside in freedom, on a city block, inside a phone booth, an invisible man dials a phone number across town. Deep breathing and a greeting ensues.
0: Hello? Who, who, who is this? How you doing, Lou? Been a long time. You put on some weight over the last 10 years. (laughs) Later that night,
2: footsteps approach the house. A door opens. Lou calls his friendly woman lady thief, Jane, who encourages him to move again. And she'll see him tomorrow. No, she won't. He hangs up and then visits with Railsback. Lou can't see him, but Railsback can see Lou. Railsback duct tapes Lou to a chair and begins the inquisition to find the key to the storage locker. Oh, it's around loose neck. Not so smart. Railsback takes it, and now Lou's usefulness has come to a conclusion, and Railsback is all choked up about it. <laughs> back in prison, the warden is tossing cells. Whomever has weapons will go to solitary confinement.
0: We'll be questioning all of you.
2: And it's time to start with Rails Back Back inside the Curious Kazantique Antique Store, the jacket is apparently a kamikaze bomber jacket from back in World War II. Uh, wait a minute. If it's from a kamikaze pilot, you know, a bomber jacket from a kamikaze pilot... How did someone eventually get it? Ah, that's not important right now. Back in prison, Railsback finds Johnny snooping in his cell and delivers some regulation. I see you in here again and you're dead, kid. I tell you dead. Mickey and Ryan arrive at the prison to visit with Johnny for an info
0: dump. Long story short, Mickey, Jack, and Ryan have discovered the secret of the cursed item, And Johnny has discovered that Railsback, who has the item, is hunting down three known accomplices. Johnny gives Mickey and Ryan the information, and they get to run off and do some more Scooby-Doo detective work. Eventually, they
2: deduce a new lead that they'll suss out while Johnny keeps an eye on Railsback. Across town at Lou's grave, er, I mean, place, Jane, the lady thief, arrives... Lou, she finds nothing there, except, of course, some discarded items and, uh, oh yeah, Lou, with that giant slit throat. Ryan and Mickey accost her, and she in turn wallops Ryan, funk, and shoots her way out of the house, escaping. Back inside the Curious Goods store, they're detailing where
0: their story stands, and now Jack shares that. Railsback is on the street, and with the perfect weapon. Meanwhile, at the prison, just before lights out... How convenient. Railsback makes his way towards another
2: kill, leaving a body behind and once again becoming invisible. Johnny sees Railsback as he disappears in his cell and wants to go and tell the warden what's going on. But an errant corrections officer teaches Johnny a lesson in pain for his troubles. Railsback has found his way to Jane the Lady Thief's house and spies on her outside the window. Peep, 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 Peep peeper here. As she prepares for a bath, the phone rings and she's distracted. And while preparing for her bath, in creeps Railsback. She plans on meeting up with the final living thief tomorrow, but the dunking inquisition begins. They fight inside the bathtub, but eventually she escapes and runs and hides inside of one of the closets inside her home. Outside, Ryan and Mickey finally arrive at the house. They can hear the ruckus going on inside the house and burgle their way forward. Railsback wants to know where the money
0: is. Where's the money? Where's the key? Where's the other guy we did the job with? I can't remember his name right now. Answer my questions. You owe me for ten years of silence.
2: He ends up killing her and takes the second key from around her neck. Mickey and Ryan find Jane the Lady Thief's body and leave it, I guess. I don't know. As the sun rises on the prison, Johnny witnesses Railsback arriving back inside his cell. Uh Uh-oh. Now Railsback knows that Johnny knows. And now we know that Railsback knows that Johnny knows that Railsback knows. You know?
0: Everybody got that?
2: Time for a prison shower scene. Woohoo! With at least seven bars of soap, Railsback and Johnny have an almost very sharp and pointed conversation, but it's interrupted by the bulls. Drats. Boy, that was close. Back inside his cell, Johnny's roommate shares all the details about the secret exit out of the prison. You know, the one via the super duper human-sized stair ducts. He was going to leave once, and... He even made himself, ding, 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 a master skeleton cave for the cell doors. You know, for all of them. Then he realized that he wouldn't fit in on the outside. Now Johnny has a way out. And the start of a new plan. The next day, Railsback is getting more information from his lawyer. Again. The lawyer reveals the final address and wonders if perhaps he will be next on Railsback's hit list.
0: As long as you ain't greedy, I ain't got no reason to bump you off.
2: Jack, Mickey and Ryan can't figure out how Railsback is finding the whereabouts of his recently murdered victims. How is he doing it? How are they going to find out? Jack wonders. Who's been visiting Railsback in prison? Suddenly, the light bulbs flash on, and they know. It's the lawyer. It's time to save Johnny's life. Speaking of Johnny, he uses the master crafted skeleton key that his roommate Arkwright made and heads for the secret human-sized escape air ducts that no one else in the prison knows about. He uses the master skeleton key to open Railsback's cell door and is nearly able to nab the jacket from the sleeping Railsback. But then Railsback awakens, and a shiv finds its way into Johnny's gut? Huh? Johnny's dead? Estheris. Ryan and Mickey arrive at Railsback's lawyer's home address and want the truth, or to jail. He will go. Jack calls the warden to plea for a lockdown for Railsback, but uh, apparently in the middle of the night, calls aren't the way to get the attention and achievements you want. Hmm, who knew?
0: This was utterly a waste of time.
2: Railsback is dragging Johnny's apparently dead body back to Johnny's cell. As he arrives, Railsback shares...
0: Yeah. Put him back in his cot and figure out something to tell the bulls by
2: morning. Railsback returns to his cell and wipes what he thinks is Johnny's blood on the Japanese suicide bomber jacket. But he's not disappearing. He's still visible. Then, from behind Railsback, Johnny smiles spryly and says, I gotta be dead for that to work. A fight ensues, and in the ruckus, Railsback stabs Red Sox lover Arkwright. Son of a bitch, it's always the Red Sox fans that get killed! Railsback smears the Red Sox lover's blood all over his jacket, and he disappears and heads deeper inside the prison. Johnny follows the footsteps and dodges shotgun fire left and right inside the stairwell bowels of the prison as he follows and hunts for Railsback. Finally, in the gym, Johnny has a fight with what looks like no one for several minutes. As minute 42 arrives, Johnny determines where Railsback is standing and douses him with alcohol cleaning solvent and ignites like, the fluid. What? No. Don't do that.
0: Now, this no. sets Railsback ablaze. A burning, leathery,
2: full-on frontal fire is showcased and Railsback slumps to the floor, burned beyond recognition, but the jacket remains unscathed. The next day, Johnny is being released, and the Warden concludes that nothing of this will be shared with anyone. Ryan, Jack, Mickey, and Johnny leave the prison with the Japanese bomber jacket, making this episode's cursed item... Recovered! Johnny ponders the events showcased inside this episode of Friday the 13th, and wonders what might happen next. Every episode of Friday the 13th, the series has goods and bads. Let's focus on the good. The bomber jacket concept. This is fun. I think for anybody that was in the 80s, me included, I still have my... It wasn't a bomber jacket, but it was a leather jacket that I could afford at the time Mm. because I couldn't afford a leather bomber jacket. (laughs) Right. But as soon as Top Gun came out, uh, even the patches, I, I bought a black... Satin jacket and put patches like the the Top Gun patches, the Tomcat and the American flag and a bunch of patches that my dad had from the Navy, and I put it all over just like just like they had inside that one. So I love this concept that there is this jacket and that the jacket is tied to World War Two and a kamikaze pilot. I love all of that. I think it's incredibly robust storytelling.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you try to think of the logic behind it, it kind of makes your brain hurt a little bit. But on paper, it, it it's great. It's and, got the and lore factor. Right. It it mm-hmm. does have the lore. The look of it was outstanding. I mean, it was essentially the costume department found an old leather jacket and put those patches on, aged those patches up and put them on the jacket. It looked like a, a like a vintage antique. So so the look for it was great. And and the, the concept, it must be bathed in blood for the invisibility to be activated because during the episode, we didn't talk about it in the retelling, but Jack discovers that the whole curse uh, worked out as Japanese kamikaze pilots believed they were invisible until they struck their targets. So that's how you get invisibility in this episode. I'm not going to say it's a stretch, but it was definitely a reach (laughs) A better frame and platform
2: for Johnny Ventura. Inside of our review of Wedding Bell Blues, where Johnny is essentially introduced, it wasn't the best platform or introduction for Johnny, in my opinion. No, no. And I I appreciated this one way more, because not only did it give us pathos, Johnny's murdered father, mm-hmm. but it gave us way more reason to care at all about a character that we don't really know anything about. yeah. Because not only is the guy whose father's been murdered now in prison, well, now you need to know that because he is now in the prison, where the inmate that has the cursed item is, That's it's incredibly convenient, but it all makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is a much better showcase for Johnny because, let, let, let's let's be honest, in his previous visit to the Curious Goods Antique Store... All he was really interested was making time with Mickey. <laughs> I mean, come on. It, I, it, I, I it, don't blame him. It,
2: he was certainly focusing on a pool cue, right, but was, not that pool cue.
0: Right, yes, yes. I get, I, I get your innuendo, sir. This time around, uh, we get, we get a little bit. We get the pathos. Yeah, because he yes. does. Yeah, he does lose his father, and I was actually surprised at the episode's conclusion when. Johnny just straight straight up burns <laughs> Rails back alive. It's yeah. just like, nope, you you killed my father, you're gonna die. And I'm like, uh, okay. I'm I'm not necessarily I, I don't I don't mind because Railsback didn't needed to die. He was a he was a bad guy. He was a horrible bad guy. But we've never had one of our quote unquote hero characters just straight up murder somebody. Mm. So it's interesting to see how uh, Johnny Ventura handles the garbage. Special invisible effects.
2: These were tremendous. For a show that appeared inside the late 80s on television budget, I I was struck by how good all of the Invisible Man effects were inside Mm -hmm. of this. Everything from the wire work that was used to the capturing reverse footprints and then putting them forward, all of it. I, I thought it was all really, really well done.
0: Yeah, the, if they could pull off these effects in the 1930s for The Invisible Man, starring Claude Rains, then, yeah, of course, you should be able to pull off these same effects here on television. And they do. And they do. They weren't able to go as far as I think that they probably wanted to. Cause, I mean, let, let's let's take the bathroom scene. So we're supposed to believe that Railsback is in the tub, but we're not seeing the distribution of the the suds. It's just all of a sudden an arm comes out of the water, an invisible arm comes out of the water water and grabs her arm and starts pulling her down. Okay, and I'm sure had they had a little bit more budget, they probably could have figured something out for that effect. This really relied on the actors reacting to an invisible person. yeah, sometimes it was great, uh, sometimes not so much, but the actual invisible effects spot on.
2: I also particularly like the Bernie at the end, where they they've taken some so full full on yeah,
0: burn for I, that stunt game. I, yeah. I
2: thought that that was great it's just a couple of seconds where it looks like an outline and flames are surrounding the outline yeah yeah. and then they've got somebody doing a full burn in a in in a suit and it was tremendous it was it was really really well done those are the goods we've uncovered inside this episode what did you guys think was good let us know by going over to our website over at curious goods podcast.com fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think
0: Every episode of Friday the 13th comes with goods and bads. We've covered the goods. Now let's take a look at the not-so-goods. The logic of prison. All right, first off, when you are being held for trial, they do not put you in prison. You are placed in lockup. In usually the local jail but not prison.
2: Not enjoy your Shawshank experience.
0: Right, it's like, well, we know, <laughs> there's some evidence, and we haven't really had the, the trial yet, but uh, we're just going to put you in prison until prison. it's time. No, <laughs> no. So, I mean, that right there, I know we had to get Johnny into the prison, mm-hmm. but I think we could have come up with a, a a smarter way than no way at all. Another big problem that I had, and we made fun of it in the retail, so it, it, it turns out that there's these... Old ducks that nobody took care of back when they made the new air conditioning system. And they just so happen to be human (laughs) sized. They're always human sized, man. I mean, it makes me and I'm a bigger guy. It makes me believe movies and television have made me believe that I could be crawling around in ducks right now, and that's just not the you, case.
2: You know, if we ever get locked inside this building, that you know the front door just won't open anymore, or it
0: gets frozen or something. I'll crawl okay. around the air. Yeah, we'll just go jump in the air. Ducts that's and right. Leave we'll the crawl building. around the air ducts, diehard style.
2: <laughs> diehard. I feel like a TV dinner.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that, just awesome. And again, I get, I get that we needed that that loophole right. for the the masterful Johnny Ventura plan to frame the criminal that he comes up with by the end of the episode. But come on, we've done enough of the, the ducks are human size. And then the third thing, the third thing about prison, guess what? This does not make any sense whatsoever. And they don't even attempt to make it make sense. Everybody's cells are locked for lights out and then they get released. And according to the episode, it's not an automatic switch that unlocks everybody. There is a guard that comes around and releases you. Okay. How the hell does Railsback get back into his cell before the guard shows up to unlock it for him? Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Those things, we combined them all together because they, they all revolved around the prison and the prison life. And it, it it's almost as if, Hey, uh, how many uh, prison movies have you watched? Uh, I've I've watched a few. Well, we got this prison episode we have to write, so uh, let's not screw it up. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, big problem, cause that, No, I'm sorry, it it just doesn't work this way.
2: I, I think while we're piling on the logic of prison. I we're gonna find out whether we got to call the whether we got to contact the tear talk guy or one of our other law enforcement members. What we're gonna find out is hey, I can't wait to wear my Red Sox baseball cap inside a prison.
0: And I see you, you're, you're harping on so. that. I don't, why? Why is it against somebody to be able to wear something on their head, a personal item? People get to have personal items in, in, in prison all the time. Watch some of those documentaries. You'd actually be surprised at how much personal stuff they sure, get to
2: I, have. I, I get it, but I don't understand why then. And I realize you, what you had told me was, well, not everyone likes hats. Yeah, I know that. But <laughs> I, I know that they like, I don't know, Dodger jerseys. Well, you don't
0: get those. You, you know, no, because you only can wear clothing. A hat is not a clothing. It's an accessory.
2: Okay. So, like, I don't know, like uh, Dodger wristbands.
0: No. Probably not, unless it could be used to hurt somebody. Can you kill somebody with a hat?
2: I'll kill you with a hat. Come on over
0: here. Bring it on!
2: I've got <laughs> oh, my, i got my, plenty my, of hats. So let me grab the wheel and steer back onto the highway real quick. You're the oh, one who mind, took mind. it off the highway with <laughs> oh, your hatred God. of
0: people in prison wearing hats. But
2: my, my point, no, it's not a hatred of people wearing hats. I'm just saying that you cannot get a Red Sox, a Boston Red Sox hat, and wear it in prison every day of your prison life. Sorry, no soup for you. I don't think so.
0: We're calling Chief D Giuseppe.
2: We are. We're gonna call everybody. We're calling all of you right now. Let us know what you know about the prison life and the logic. Specifically hats. Because <laughs> I don't think so, man. I just, I don't think so. It, because it, eventually it would incite somebody. Somebody's going to see the wrong logo or the wrong color or whatever else. And they're going to have a, they're going to pitch a fit. Somebody's going to get a shiv gift. That's why. I don't, I just don't think so. Let us know what you know by going over to our website. That's curiouskidspodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us all of your knowledge about the logic of prison and or wearing hats or the availability of hats of every baseball team known to man inside a prison.
0: Specifically the 80s.
2: Oh, that's that's the best thing you've said so far because maybe that does explain it. Back in the 80s, maybe. Now? No way. No way.
0: That's your plan? (laughs) So we've got the lawyer, and the lawyer is willing to... Divulge the information that he's been giving Railsback the addresses of these people who have ended up dead. Okay. Murdered. Murdered.
2: They don't just like have a heart attack or something. <laughs> Grizzled murder is not awesome.
0: But there's still no proof that Railsback is actually getting out of the prison. Right. Let's insert this old timey duct work that's the size of a man <laughs> and. It it just so happens to be located, the entrance to it is right there by Railsback's cell. Mm -hmm. Whole lot of convenience here for this. (laughs) And Johnny comes up with this plan, make Railsback think that he killed Johnny, and put him at the scene of the escape hatch. Well, of course that doesn't work because Railsback kills Arkwright and goes invisible again. But I guess, you know, with... The lawyer's confession and Jack's insistency, and the fact that, oh, well, it would appear that there is a way to get into these giant vents that anybody could walk through at any time. Maybe they were right. Unfortunately, I get why we needed this, but it was extremely thin and very, I don't want to call it ham fisted because I mean, it worked but it worked it, it, within it, it, the logic of this whole episode right it's
2: the inserted piece for insertion's sake yeah and I I despise
0: that at least I, it wasn't them trying to get a recording of rails back confessing to the right. murders because right. that would have been that would have been worse
2: yeah I agree with that I agree with that
0: not enough time now there have been a handful of episodes where we've actually used this as a bad because we feel that there's more story to tell. Oh, yeah. And there's more character development that could be had here. Totally. But Mike and I are on opposite ends for this one because I think that this episode was just long enough. As a matter of fact, we could have gotten rid of some of the stupid and uh, and had that stuff filled with better storytelling. Well, I
2: agree on the better storytelling, but the better storytelling could have happened with everything that's here. Mm-hmm and then we just ran out of time. This needed to be an uh, an episode that appeared on FX and have their extra special 56-minute episode and would have been gold.
0: Those are the things that we thought needed a little bit of work inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. But we want to know what you think. Head on over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the web form and let us know what you would make better in this episode
2: it's time to take a break during this episode of the curious goods podcast we will be right back
0: wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever it can with perpetual advertising here's how it works Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique, perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors.
1: Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From the voice box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com.
0: Make your podcast soar with the editor core. Editing podcasts can be rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com.
2: Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, it's Season 2, Episode 25, The Prisoner. Every time we come back from break, it's time to showcase our manifest moments. The Manifest Moments are where Nick and I recognize either an actor's portrayal, a storytelling element inside this episode, or something else that trips our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what do you got?
0: My Manifest Moment for this episode is something that we did not cover in the retelling. We didn't cover in the goods and the bads. Mm -hmm. But I do believe we actually talked about it while we were working on the script for the retail. Mm -hmm. My Manifest Moment is Railsback's plan.
2: Mm hmm.
0: Pretty solid plan. I agree uh, with good behavior. He could get 12 years and he was up for parole soon. That's why all of his other cohorts started getting nervous when people started dying. hmm. Railsback's idea would once he realizes that he's got this cool, cursed item that allows him to saw Shay out of the prison whenever he wants at night. It's all about, OK, I get these three keys that'll open the safety deposit box. But nobody knows it's me. As long as nobody suspects me doing it, when I get out for parole, I'm scot-free, I get the money all to myself, and no one's the wiser. That's a smart plan. Mm -hmm. Even though Railsback didn't seem to be the most level-headed type of crook, his thinking on the whole... He was a smart one. He, smart he was. I, yeah. He probably was the one who put the job together. Yeah, I agree. Even with that. even though that they never say Every, that, right?
2: Everybody else is muscle, bringing a skill. Yeah, where yeah. he's the guy that oversees. He's the, the he was the I brain. Agree. So yeah, I
0: agree. So I really like the fact that by watching the episode, you can you can if you're paying attention to that, you pick that up. But I feel it wasn't portrayed in the writing in the storytelling mm-hmm. because I guess it's more entertaining for for Railsback to be this guy and I'm going to cut you and I'm going to make you bleed. And that is my manifest moment.
2: That's a very interesting idea. So, so imagine imagine they take Andy from Shawshank Redemption and make him Railsback. How much, how much different does this episode get? Reasonably huh. mild-mannered, though a thief but a murdering thief because he's been done wrong? And then he gets,
0: and then he gets the jacket, and he mm-hmm. goes out, and he finds the people that that mm-hmm. did do him wrong. That would have been more interesting because it would have been somebody looking for revenge that that kind of deserved it. I mean, you know, I've, I've been put away for all these years for something I didn't do. I'm going to get revenge, and these people that did this, they deserve to die. I can get behind that. I That's think something like that would have been a, a more interesting episode.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I kind of like the mashup st- style of stuff like that. Put
0: it in Shawshank, and it's what he instead of in, instead just, of him instead of digging through a wall for twenty well, years. Right. Now? Exactly. It's uh, instead <laughs> of you know framing the warden, he just kills the warden and make it looks like suicide, and then all of the stuff is discovered. Yeah. So the warden is still disgraced, but also dead.
2: Yeah. Inside this episode, I think my manifest moment has got to be the invisible man on fire. I'd mentioned it previously inside of the special effects bullet point that we had inside the episode, but it was easily the most impactful piece of what went on inside this episode. Uh, I'm still not captivated by Johnny. I love the pathos that's delivered inside this episode. Mm -hmm. Something that you brought up that I, I have to be honest, I didn't even really take to heart was that the reason that he set him on fire? Is because oh, you murdered my dad. I I wouldn't have thought of that. No, I I, I did didn't have any of that in Johnny my
0: Ventura, willy nilly killer.
2: Well, no, he know, he knows
0: that railsbeck is going to kill him yeah, if right. if he gives him the opportunity. So defensive well, I, I, self, I get, it. I, okay. I, I get that, but I mean lighting somebody on fire.
2: Well, right. The other thing too is like i've realized i now realize why the warden is so hush hush it's like okay all right so the guy burned the guy to death okay yeah that's okay um no it's not vengeance is not an okay thing for crime to happen <laughs> so it, it has to be self-defense i.e feared for his life not was you see you see warden he murdered my dad so i'm gonna burn him alive okay oh sure Go for it. Why not?
0: No, I get it. You get to say, I feared for my life. (laughs) Even though it's not the truth. Right, right. I just wanted to see the guy burn. Right.
2: The bottom line, though, is that the fire effects were easily the most outstanding piece of this episode. And I appreciated that they, they took everything that happened inside the episode... Uh, that included all of what I thought were really good, solid effects, Even even the invisible bathing scene, where I realized that there should be splash effects on a body we can't see, but there isn't. But even with that, I thought that they did really great with it. Uh, and then again, the, the specialty of the, the fire, Bernie death at the end, I thought Mm -hmm. that that was also spectacular and that's my manifest moment. So we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment from this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website over at curious goods podcast, fill out the quick web form and tell us what your manifest moment was from this episode. vocabulary, the words that make Mike and Nick's brain go round during this episode of the Curious Goods podcast. The first word is shiv. It's not every day that you get to formally talk about things like the word shiv in a podcast, but today we've got it for all of you. The word shiv is almost certainly evolved from the 17th century chive, which means knife. The related verb shiv means to stab someone. A shiver being a criminal who attacks victims with a knife. An improvised knife is also sometimes called a shank. The many types of shiv. We'll have some links over to an entire library of shivs that you can all go and marvel at. Our second word is...
1: Solitary confinement.
2: And thanks to our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, the definition for solitary confinement is amazingly, confinement of a prisoner in isolation away from other prisoners.
0: Really?
2: <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Something else I wanted to talk about too, in regard to solitary confinement, is how this back in the 80s was like this horrible thing that would happen to you if you were really the bad of the bad. And now it's just kind of another thing. It's, it's just another step inside of the prison experience rather than what I think a lot of people think is just this horrifying thing. And I think it's because we've become way more desensitized to it. But back, back then it was a big deal where, look, you can be in prison or I'm putting you in solitary. And it was, a, it was a, this mammoth stair step of threat where I don't think a lot of people feel that anymore. Because it's become so commonplace.
0: Well, the, you also have to differentiate the difference between solitary confinement and what some prisons used to call the hole. Mm-hmm. Because solitary confinement is just, okay, now you're in a cell by yourself. There might be a tiny window way up top by the ceiling or not, but you weren't put in pitch blackness. Mm-hmm. The hole was essentially you got to sleep on the floor and there might have been a bucket, and there was no light whatsoever. Mm. Uh, you, solitary confinement, I can deal with. I don't like being around people to begin with. The hole, <laughs> I'm not afraid of the dark, but I'm afraid of what's in the dark. Mm. I would rather have solitary confinement than the hole. Yeah,
2: I, I think that there's some education all of us can get.
0: In- they definitely wouldn't allow you to wear a hat in the <laughs> hole.
2: <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Our third bonus vocabulary word is
0: Suitcasing.
2: Ah, suitcasing. Well, you might think we're talking about incredibly wonderful leather baggage that allows you to take baubles and clothing from one area to another. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about suitcasing. In fact, Larry Lawton has made an entire video featuring suitcasing where we'll let him explain firsthand. What suitcasing means. You can find out all about it from Larry Lawton over inside the show notes for this episode of Friday the 13th, the series over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. It's about the butt. Prison evokes so much in the way of vocabulary. What did you guys think about in regard to vocabulary inside this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com and tell us what words came up inside your brain during this episode of Friday the 13th. The series...
1: Episode Rating.
2: Ah, the rating inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. Escaping from prison through the giant human-sized air ducts and escaping with your $17 million. A 1 is on the bottom of the scale. Here's a shiv. Everything starts at a 7 as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick?
0: There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? I know it's not a popular opinion, and I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's a little cheesy. Anytime I think of modern-day invisible effects, I think of the film Hollow Man starring... Mm. I mean, it's a all-star cast. It's Kevin Bacon, Elizabeth Shue, mm-hmm. Josh Brolin. It's a good one. It's it, it, And it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It, at least I think it gets it gets a little bit of hate in the horror community. Most recently, there's also a brand new Invisible Man film that, mm. that came I, out during I, the pandemic. I haven't been able to see uh, it I yet. I haven't either.
2: Really? We haven't seen Invisible No, we haven't seen the Invisible no, Man. <laughs> the Invisible
0: Man. <laughs> but I am a huge fan of the original Invisible Man because... That film, I mean, not a lot of people realize this, but out of all of the classic universal monsters, Griffin, the Invisible Man, he, he's a mass murderer. He's killed more people than Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, the Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, all of them. There's a special place in the annals of Psychopathy. <laughs> When it comes to the Invisible Man. So when you have an episode like this that introduces the concept of invisibility as as part of the, your curse, uh, yeah, I'm all for it because we've all, and, and, and I am going to say, we've all thought about what would it be like if I was invisible. If I could walk into a room and listen to people talk about whatever, or me, to, to learn that secret knowledge the little bit of voyeur that's in all of us mm-hmm. to be able to know that what's going on in the next room without having to be standing there and them censoring themselves yeah. in front of you.
2: It's the fly on the wall concept right. where you could exactly. be there and if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I've, I've either heard or read this someplace, but being invisible is what would be everybody's superpower on the top of the list of their being superpowers.
0: Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And,
2: and it's exactly for the reasons you quote hmm. where, you you can go and hear and do anything anywhere, as long as you can get in and out. And of course, because every place on planet Earth has human-sized air ducts, yeah, which to go in and out, <laughs> there's no problem at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can I can understand it wouldn't be my superpower, but I can understand that it's the ability to get away with whatever you want mm-hmm. because nobody can see Being that you're scene. doing it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Already, you know, I my my expectations for this episode were were extremely high. And then we started getting some just plain-out ridiculousness when it came to the logic steps that we sometimes overlook, depending on how great the storytelling is. But for me, the storytelling was only just average. So you take the average storytelling and take the goofy stair steps of, "'This prison doesn't make any sense whatsoever.'" And on top of that, the fact that we just came up with a better episode by implanting the cursed jacket on Andy Dufresne in Shawshank Redemption, which would have made an even better concept for it instead of the hard criminal rails back. So for me, I have to rate this episode a seven. One of the tenets of
2: all of our reviews, whether it's about television like this or feature films or streaming media, is that an average, a seven, indicates a good solid episode of whatever it is we're reviewing. And I think your seven is aptly placed because this is a great episode to point people to, Mm -hmm. to get a good intake of not only our Intrepid Three that we've got, but also the introduction of the fourth that comes and is going to have a more prolific role later right. inside the series, along with some reasonably good action-packed storytelling. Because it's in here. Whether or not it's it's polished to, uh, to a fine shiny leather or not is, <laughs> is up for debate. There's no question. But I, too, also give this episode a 7. That's where we ask you guys, what did you think of this episode? Season 2, episode 25, The Prisoner. Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Ah, the end of yet another episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. All right, hold it. Stop
0: the podcast. Yeah, yeah.
2: Hmm?
0: All you listeners, I need to inform you of something. While I was giving my rating, this man right here, Mike Wilkerson, left the room and came back wearing his silk Jacket with all the patches. It's satin. Satin, silk, whatever. It's a jacket. It is. And there is blood on it. He is going... You are going to activate your cursed jacket and you're going to kill me, aren't you?
2: No. Dude, that, that, that's ketchup from a ball game.
0: Ketchup? Oh. Oh, well, I'm... I'm sorry I accused you, Mike. Or is it? Whoa, 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 Mike, you're you're vanishing before my eyes. What? what where'd you go... I'm alone in the studio. What a menacing, maniacal laugh.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information till the next artifact reveals itself. The vault is now closed.
0: time to take a break here during
2: the curious goods episode our review of podcast thank you
0: our it's time to push what, what did i say you said it's it's time to take a break during the curious good episode oh not podcast okay
2: there's prisoners of every kind inside this prison amazing
0: well i would hope that they're prisoners and not longshoremen inside the prison because that would make no sense whatsoever
1: I'm so glad there are
0: prisoners matter. inside this prison. I, uh, again, it, uh, I have to, I have to call you out on the redundancy of that comment, Mike, okay. <laughs> because it'll probably end up getting cut for time and thrown at the end of this episode. <laughs>